This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. Hi, this is Dr. Sean Benzinger. (laughs) And I am so funny. If if the people of the pod could only hear what happens right before we hit (laughs) record. That's right. The people of the pod. What pod? Oh, you mean the The, Humerian Health Podcast? podcast. That's exactly right. right. And we're joined today by Dr. Julie Toll, which is the giggling that you heard in the background. (laughs) Yeah, because she's watched this right before we got on, and it's embarrassing. But anyhow. It's bad. Yeah, it is. But we have interviewed Dr. Toll before, and um, you've heard um, some of her um, journeys to become a licensed Everything. And <laughs> She's yes. licensed everything. Yeah, yeah, that's we true. Actually, that's we actually, a very limiting We counted it up like before we started this podcast. She has more letters after her name than, than are actually name, in her right. name. Unless that's, your that's, middle that's name is yeah, Agatha Christie something, something, something. No, I don't know. Too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. But so yes, anyhow, so it's nice the, to have her back. For those that don't know, Dr. Toll is our resident, resident veterinarian mm-hmm. expert yes. who has helped us with our pet product line for dogs and cats. Right. And so we're happy to start podcasting for the pets because you know cats and dogs they watch tv pet I podcasting mean, they probably yeah. listen to podcasts That's too absolutely true yeah i know <laughs> no i'm not doubt. kidding <laughs> there's at least one pet out there <laughs> that listen, listening listen to, to this absolutely. I'm sure. absolutely so this is a pet friendly podcast good. that's right no animals have been harmed in that's the making right. of this podcast <laughs> no we're here today okay. to talk about the things that you can do in 2018 to keep your health pet healthy and so Dr. Toll has, well, probably more than four or five ideas, but yeah. we're going to keep yeah. it to four endless, or five ideas. It's endless. <laughs> There's lots to do to keep your pet together. Yes. For for today, we're going to keep the Don't walk them short. in 20 below zero uh, weather. Some pets, I, I've learned that one. No, it's, uh, some pets like that. I know like a lot of people wouldn't think about that, but I, I, I like that. Some pets like that. <laughs> Malamutes. No, my, dogs, don't anyway. don't put them outside without you, because as long as you can stay outside, they can probably Ooh, stay outside. You know outside. what? That's probably I mean, the that's measurement. The... I just thought, go, go, go. Well, not do Dr. It. Benzinger. He stands outside without a coat on, so he can't stay out there very <laughs> long. Amaltis just looks at me like, you're nuts. Well, they don't I'm have not little coats it. on their feet, so yeah. keep that in mind. Um, that is a very good my point. Dog has, my dog has booties. Yes. So. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. He didn't like them. He didn't stay on, but mm-hmm, totally. And a coat. Put your boots on before you go uh-huh. outside. Oh, oh yeah. my god! And usually it's the funniest thing that you've ever seen. Yeah, because they like they, pick their feet up yeah. like really awkwardly, like <laughs> when what they is do it on the my first feet? Time. Yeah, yeah. it was terrible. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the podcast. <laughs> okay, the end. podcast at end. So talk to us, Julie, about the things that we should be doing in 2018 to keep our pet healthy. That's right. So I think uh, I'll divide that kind of into into several major ideas. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, our first that in our practice we're we're kind of um, pushing is to put more wet food into their diet, um, mm. and that can be fresh food, home cooked. It could be raw. It could be canned, but it's wet um, because we really are seeing. Um, that it, it makes a difference in digestibility um, and nutrient absorption and just overall, um, it, a lot of times overall enjoyment actually is mm-hmm. another thing that you can't you know discount. I'm thinking I'm doing this for all these good health reasons and people are coming back and going, oh my gosh, my dog loves dinner time now. <laughs> I haven't seen that in years. And it, so it, anyhow, it was a, that's, a that's really a point. side benefit. But yeah. 
it's a nice benefit because we're going to consider their mental and emotional health too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the enjoyment but more of food. wet food, and and I would say, you know, uh, talk to your veterinarian um, and get some recommendations. Not everything is appropriate for every animal. Mm. Um, raw food has been a real craze, I think, in the and a permanent change, I think, in the last. Um, I don't know, decade really. Mm-hmm. Um, but raw food is probably not, is certainly not appropriate for every animal. Okay. Um, and by every animal, and, you don't just mean every dog species, but you're talking about right. rabbits, lizards, every birds. Animal. and Okay. Right. okay, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, and some of the things to consider is if they're older, they may not have the digestive fire and energy to really use that effectively. And it mm. may um, cool them down. Uh, a little too much if they're already susceptible to cold because they're older or mm-hmm. they don't have much, you know, fat or things like that. Um, anyhow, so I think that's a good good thing to talk. But, to your but you like about. you you really like the whole idea of raw food for many I of do. the dogs and cats, I do. and 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 we're just seeing a lot of benefits from. Yeah, it. and you know, it's based on what I've seen over whatever, the fat past 15, 20 years, um, is those a lot of those animals have much fewer problems, dental included, mm. uh, digestive-wise, um, just coat skin-wise, um, that they do really well. But you can do it wrong, and it can be a very unbalanced um, you know, nutrition, which we got to watch out for. Make sure that Okay, so the first thing that pops in my head is the same thing that you think of on human Steak side. Steak tartare. Yeah, no. dude. <laughs> I finally found a place. Okay. <laughs> but um, parasites and things like that with raw meats. Right. Okay. Is that uh, truly a problem? Maybe they have a better digestion capacity, et cetera, et cetera, for this? Right. I think it's something you certainly have to consider. Okay. Um, I... Um, you know, just like we eat some raw food. I mean, we eat sushi. salads. Oh, <laughs> we so- do eat sushi. I keep going to the raw meat. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, raw meat. Um, if you're, you know, there's there's lots of handling and sourcing um, problems that can be introduced there, and you also have to look at who's consuming that. Sure. You know, we know, uh, like for instance, we don't give children under one year of age um, honey. Because of some of the contaminants that can be in that, right? Botulism, very, very, very good botulism point. Is I didn't bad. know that. Yeah, but well, oh. you know, <laughs> and let's talk about the botulism uh, is bad. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Let's not do that. Um, <laughs> digestion. Uh, you make a point of the animal cooling down, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, on the human side, which I'm more comfortable with, um, the idea of the amount of energy it takes to digest food is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I right. think it's like number two in the human body uh, as for your energy expenditure for an entire day, depending right. on what and how you eat. But for animals, is it kind of the same type thing? Just a lot of energy goes into it. So thus, you have to be careful what you give them, how hard it is to digest it. It does. Um, and I don't know that I've seen a number or that I'm aware of a number, but um, just total body heating, you know, and working with the environmental temperature is probably number one. And number two, then, is digestion right. um, that that those calories are being expended by. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. So yeah. quick diversion. So you said definitely talk to your veterinarian, obviously, if you're right. considering a raw diet right. or changing up probably their diet in any significant way. Right. Um, what if we're taking our pet to a vet that does not 
hasn't researched that. I mean, I don't know how prevalent it is in terms of veterinary knowledge. And so is, are there other resources people should be going to or there are. should they switch vets or like what's the, <laughs> well, I, what I, I think that's it's a, a difficult, great idea. You know, <laughs> I think it's a difficult decision sometimes. Yeah, and, and very much. not every vet. And in fact, even the AMA, AVMA, American Veterinary Medical Association, um, came out against with a statement against raw foods. Um, and I understand, um, that there can be some concerns in that, but reviewing the uh, contamination um, uh, for different products, uh, the most of the, let's say, salmonella has actually come from kibble. It's come from dried products, not really? from raw products. Interesting. So when we're, when we're looking at um, transmitting some of the bacteria or parasites or whatever to people uh, from pets, um, I think that risk is very low. But mm -hmm. if you have a service dog, for instance, if you have a service dog that's going into nursing homes or children's hospitals or hospitals, mm -hmm. um, those are different considerations. Mm -hmm. So it's really an individual choice. Some um, other resources would be there's um, a huge amount of literature out there, of course, that mm -hmm. you can read mm -hmm. from um, some of the raw. There's a lot of... Um, raw dehydrated um, products out there. Oh, okay. um, the manufacturers of those, which monitor, most of those monitor very carefully. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that's part of, the, of what's good about getting a pre-made, you know, product yeah. um, is that they do have those monitoring in place. Um, and that's available. Whole Dog Journal has always been one of my, um, you know, great resources. WholeDogJournal.com. Um, they are a, a journal that um, doesn't accept any paid advertising. Okay. Um, and they do a food food review. Last year they did their first canned food review. Oh wow! Um, and it helps mm. educate people how to read labels mm -hmm. and what that's actually telling you about the food and the food quality How interesting. Um, oh, okay. that your animal is getting um, without the influence of, of advertisers, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. people that are paying to, to skew things one yeah. way or another. Well, and I think we're all so. looking for that type of data. Isn't right. it interesting that the AVMA comes out like that? Yeah. Not that there's equivalencies on dog the food. I was going to say or equivalencies on the human side, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and I, being a, a little bit of a... Careful. Careful. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So the next thing. All right. But... <laughs> let's go on. Don't let me get there. Before, yeah. Before we get ourselves into too much yep, trouble. That's right. So, well, yeah. let me go back and backtrack yeah. to the question that you actually ask, which is, what if my vet doesn't know anything about that? So you can go and educate yourself, sure. um, number one, and then you could take that concern or information back to them. Um, and just like for us, too, there's some, uh, there's some... Uh, biohacking, if you will, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, where uh, we've been eating and feeding ourselves for uh, many millennia. So if you wanted to do that with your dog, um, you know, to a limited experimentation, uh, some people are going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, just be cautious and yeah. be, yeah. you know, uh, go easy and don't switch their diets quickly mm -hmm. and, you know, different things like that. But um, what you feed your your animals is up to you. Mm -hmm. um, and, 
you know, that's your, your choice in the end. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. okay. Excellent. Good, cool. good answer. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So what else, what other things can we be doing to keep our pets healthy in 2018? Um, so I think one thing certainly would be take them to a professional, you know, take them to your veterinarian and make sure that they do get that checkup. Um, I truly like blood work. It doesn't have to be done every year for every animal, but, um, you know, building the health database whatever that is for your animal and for their age mm -hmm. to be able to look at and identify trends um, that may lead to disease or trends that are going to be abnormal um, and that we can correct now mm -hmm. and a lot of times through um, nutrition or supplements or changing the diet or um, you know probiotics <laughs> or you know working with the immune system or, or various things like that rather than just getting involved in straight pharmaceuticals you know that's not the answer you know or that's the that's the uh answer down the road mm -hmm. but when we head these things off and get to them early other things to try we right. have a lot yeah. of other sure. options yeah. so i think getting that baseline and getting them in getting them checked out is important mm -hmm. but you know and that might be of some interest just like when you go to your family doc hopefully once a year et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and, and do uh standard tune baseline up. No. <laughs> yeah tune up like yeah you're gonna die very yeah. very soon um <laughs> That's my wife told me to tell you. Uh, okay. Um, baseline testing for animals. Is that recommended in this field also? That's Okay. So, so yep. besides just being a puppy or whatever, uh, of course, in the perfect world, we'd be doing it early on. But if we have someone that um, had a pup and it's a year, year and a half old, hasn't went, been to the vet because they don't see any reason to go to the vet for whatever reason, right. and they're bringing them in. What kind of baseline testing can they expect, and what what would you think is a thorough evaluation of of that animal first? You know, time for out? young animals, I usually um, just run a super chem a, a chemistry and a complete blood count. So we're looking at the immune system basically, and we're looking at the major organ um, and waste detoxification systems, um, and also a parasite and stool check, mm -hmm. and to check their skin and you know body systems yeah. um, in an exa physical exam, but for, um, you know, lab work, I definitely want to see a fecal one or sometimes two uh, because you don't necessarily mm -hmm. catch everything with just one isolated sample there. Makes sense. Um, and then blood work. Um, in older animals, that's the same. I think you still need to check those. And then we may add a thyroid for older animals because that's super important. Mm -hmm. um, and to also x-rays, um, you know, to, to look at, look at uh, you know, chest, uh, heart, lungs, et cetera, abdomen, um, and then the skeletal system if we're having problems. Um, the other thing, there's new technology, and there's new technologies <laughs> All in the time. everything. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but thermography um, is becoming more and more applicable, um, and that's uh, looking at the heat signature produced by different tissues in the body. So you can identify areas early um, that may be inflamed. Um, and we know all know inflammation is a bad deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. and that's one of the things. If we 
identified inflammation early, then we can treat it appropriately and not have it be a part of a tumor uh, picture or a severe injury um, or osteoarthritis. You know, we might be able to catch that at the point where yeah, much it's earlier. just yeah. inflammation. It, it's yeah. much more sensitive, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, we've right. used it on humans for a long period of time. Right. You're starting to see another resurgence of it in the last five years. It's been around for 30 years but was poo-pooed for a lot of years. Plus, the technology was a little bit, you know, using the liquid crystals and a few of the things they had to do. But nowadays, pretty yep. accurate. And, and it's it's something that I recommend to patients all the time, yep. just simply because there's only a few diseases, only a few, that are not propagated by a decrease or an increase of inflammation or blood flow. Right. And it actually watches that and watches it in a very sensitive way. And it's non-invasive. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, that makes sense for pets too. And I had not heard that, but that that sure yeah. aligns yep. with my thinking. Yep, absolutely. Exactly. So um, yeah, and that's something that you may have a massage therapist, you know, for pets or something like that that has that capability too. And then you can bring that back to your veterinarian if they're not actively working with them, mm-hmm. and say, hey, I see this area, you know. So uh, that's people just to make them aware of there's different. You know, yeah, different techniques. And te- yeah, that's great. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah. So, um, so what else? So that, in terms of you know preventative medicine, I think that's that's the biggie there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then always um, regular exercise and weight management is mm-hmm. huge. Um, and I think. Uh, you know, dogs definitely are usually the ones that you're taking for a walk outside. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's excellent and that needs to happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the benefit of it is uh, we get the exercise too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. True. You know, some people um, that's the only exercise they get. Yes. 30 minute walk with the dog every morning. Yep. That's what they do. And, yeah. and frankly, it's great. Exactly. I mean, seven days a week. Right. Right. Yeah, Except for when it's 20 below. Yes. Right. <laughs> Except for when you can't get booties on your dog and they won't right. go outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Booties. And booties. They're, they're so that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. killing gonna, me, the I'll, booties. I'll thing. show you a picture later. Oh or when it's gosh. raining. Or when it's... When yes. it's yeah, yeah, exactly. Hello, Indiana. I'm not yeah. going yes. out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And our, our animals have also different kinds of personalities. So uh-huh. true. need to tailor that. True. But I also see a lot of people <laughs> who get involved with dog sports now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot out of out there. And there's a lot of clubs. and um, Agility. Dog agility. Agility is great. There's tracking. There's scent games. You know, where they're scenting, you know, and and that's the ultimate tracking. But sometimes it's just for fun, Mm -hmm. you know, differentiating different scents and and being able to to follow one and not another. And um, it's you sound like you've done this because you're having too much fun with this. Dog sports. Dog sports. And dock diving. And there's what? What? I'm sorry, what? Dock diving. Where <laughs> seen it, seen it on ESPN too. Are you serious? Yeah, exactly. I, they, they I am so dive out of it off here. of ducks and and it's a competition of how far out. It's like uh, uh, the ski jumping, you yeah, know. But for dogs. <laughs> now I haven't seen dog ski jumping. No, no. <laughs> YouTube. I bet there is one. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. We'll have to. We'll have to go for that. Yeah, we'll, go- we'll Google that. <laughs> okay, I love so, dog dog yeah, cat sports, but yeah. dog sports. Dogs, and, no, but yeah, cats, cats don't cats sport. Are, They're no, like they what. <laughs> but you, they're the judges. Yes. Ah, it's a one. Yeah. You dumb dog. Well, they never get higher than a two. So <laughs> that's right. It's a cat. So. <laughs> that's right. Very good. Oh man. Only a cat so, could get a ten. Yes. That's right. 
<laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, doing, you know, dog sports is wonderful, but just regular exercise is is the key, right. you know, mm-hmm. and not um, doing things that are, are suddenly stressful. I mean, you don't, we do see our share of weekend uh, athletes, mm-hmm. you know, um, where in the summer it's a beautiful day, the family decides to go for a five-mile hike when they normally don't walk more than you know a quarter mile right and the dog comes back and his pads are burned and good point everybody's yeah. stiff and sore very everybody's good stiff and sore including sure. the dog the, yeah uh, you know you know the family thing. comes yeah. in yeah. right <laughs> he's barely walking the dog's exactly. one carried yeah yeah okay. yeah exactly that makes sense. So, nice you know, don't weekend warrior your dog yeah. regular your exercise dog. conditioning etc <laughs> so and i think um i've started recommending some core conditioning uh in dogs um there's some exercises and there's there's several different um, books and different things, uh, you know, that you can look at for canine athletes and conditioning canine athletes. Um, and I think particularly for large dogs, you know, I'm having them do a do a sit and beg uh, with mm-hmm. their making sure that their butts on the floor. Basically, that's not the little dog that you know stand up and dance and spin around. It is sitting up, mm-hmm. um, and it's having that kind of tripod, you know, one of each leg and then and then the spine, um, and getting erect, and that builds the core muscles. Um, and those are the muscles that in our large dogs when they get older that they really tend to lose and they lose mobility and lose function and a lot of times that is a life limiting condition oh so, interesting yeah. i never thought about yeah. core exactly. exercises it'll make you dogs. sit up later beg yep. <laughs> yeah. I did and then that doing some of the front, you know, um, being able to wave and do mm-hmm. some of those things, you can actually teach that for, um, you know, front leg mobility um, and range of motion for those dogs, too, is great. And, and even just doing those two little types of exercises would um, head off a lot of problems. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. That is very interesting. Yep. I would have never thought of that. Nope. So, All right. Anything yep. else? Yeah, any, anything else? Um, I think uh, mental and environmental enrichment is another thing to look at. Um, and that goes uh, towards emotional, if you will, um, you know, well-being, just how the, the dogs and cats are feeling. Um, and I think that can be a wide range from, you know, where you're taking them um, and what you're doing with them or what you're introducing into their environment. Um, obviously, cats are usually more, um, you know, more in the house uh, for many of them. Um, but maybe even putting a leash on them and walking them outside. Um, that can be done. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> you know, and there's problems with, uh, there's problems and uh, there's pluses and minuses to everything. You know, they have a little more exposure to mosquitoes and heartworms probably um, if they're outside. Um, but we have those a little bit inside anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, with some of our disease prevalence and things like that, that has changed so much in the last several years because of our um, weather has mm-hmm. changed so much. Um, we're really recommending some preventative, um, you know, our parasite prevention has gone way up in what we recommend. Hmm. So okay. um, so those things can be uh, overcome, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and they can be out and see more things or maybe you're, you know, playing games uh, on your 
what do I want to say, your iPad or something mm-hmm. with and putting the little the little uh, mouse on uh-huh. there that your I've cat can that. chase yeah. or you know the goldfish they can swat, yeah, by, or, <laughs> and you know or uh, yeah other dogs on the TV that the dogs can bark at and, <laughs> and they walk nice. by like yeah. mine do, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I would think even some of the things you talked about for physical health, like scent games and things like that. Right. I mean, it's really there would be a mental wellness there is. component to that because yep. they're kind of doing what they were bred to do. Right. Some breeds, I mean, right. obviously are you know sight hounds or whatever right. are bred to do certain things. And exactly. So when you get to expose them to those activities that they're bred to do, I right. think there would be a mental positive mental outcome. Yeah, from that. there are. Yeah. And I think a lot of, you know, one of the things that I see is taking a look at the dog, um, dog or cat, but let's talk about dogs for a second, dog and look at the, you know, not necessarily the the breed, but a lot of times you can look at a particular dog, think about what, um, you know, a breed was used for and going, this dog needs a job. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you put let's say a border collie inside and want it to be a couch potato, you're asking for a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not know, wired for that. They're not wired. They start for hurting that. the children. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and so if you play, you know, go out and uh, maybe have them herd geese mm-hmm. or <laughs> yeah. scare geese off or teach them, you know, different so, things you can do. Yeah. Um, but it, it's all, you know, individual um, to what would be good for them. Um but and mm-hmm. especially with our mixed breeds, one of the fun things is DNA testing. Oh, um, and that's another that may go in with the testing. That's definitely how oh, interesting. Um, yeah. You know, a, a gravy uh, test. Yeah. But it has been interesting. There's several different types of DNA tests and um, that we can do on on dogs and. Um, that can give us a hint as to the breed foundations. Hmm. Um, and it also, some of them also test for different genetic components that we know of mm-hmm. those diseases. So we'll know if they're a carrier or if they have that gene that could lead to disease. So that's also an early warning uh, that we can get hmm. to look at different traits and different, um, you know, propensities. Um, And it also may give us, you know, if if something's whatever, 98%, you know, German Shepherd will know, yes, also probably not a couch potato. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, and and some things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great list. Such an advancement. I never uh, really thought. Yeah. I mean, Very, I'm, I'm lots listening of to this. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for human, human uh, yeah, but it, which mm-hmm. isn't a surprise. Right. Yeah, absolutely. many people look at their pet as their kids. Sometimes why are you, why more are you so looking at me? Kids. I, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some people, not all, but just some. Many of us. Okay, yeah, anything absolutely. else? Is that That's a really great start for think, year end. You know, I mean, it really I, is. I think that's kind of where our minds are at with, yep. uh, with the different advances in, in medicine, but just making sure that we're, you know, we can do all the fancy stuff, but if we haven't taken care of exercise, food, you know, shelter, and, and making sure that they're mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, um, taken care of, that's the basics. Yeah. And then everything else is gravy on top of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, right. well, like anything, uh, that's a measure of prevention right? that can be instituted all year long Yeah, to make sure you never end up with the big stuff. Awesome. I like that, till they're old. Exactly. Yep. Like Another, some people. N- like, like one of us at the table who has a masculine-sounding voice. Anyway. <laughs> Boy, that was awfully pointed. Yes. That pointer. Like that a would duck not include pointer. me. No, no. <laughs> 
That's what Thank that was. The, that was the that's point. exactly that right. She pointer. got excluded because she's the pet expert. I can't okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, okay. another productive and fun day Thank at you, the Dr. podcast. Yeah, really excellent, excellent information. We appreciate. It. I know the listeners do too. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger, Humarian Health Podcast, spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. Thank you.